Welcome, dear friends, to today's Take Heart. Um, over my last two Take Hearts, I've been talking really about um, raising people up and mentoring and uh, really friendship and, uh, and how Jesus did that with the disciples so brilliantly. He invested most of his time in a small group of people and the dividends that that paid. Uh, and then I talked really honestly about how I was... Uh, mentored, fathered, uh, encouraged, challenged by David Pitches, uh, um, who's now 90 and who just saw something in me that I couldn't see and no one else could see and just taught me and what a difference it made to my life. And uh, I love the story of Barnabas, uh, Barnabas, son of encouragement. I love the story of Barnabas because he was from Cyprus uh, which is where my heritage is, although I was born in Paddington General Hospital, which is always a bit of a downer. Uh, but also I love the story of Barnabas because he, he was literally called the son of encouragement. And uh, uh, he took Paul on uh, when no one else would touch him, just after he became a Christian and everyone was scared of him. Barnabas took him and he took him to the apostles and he spoke for him. When Paul didn't have a voice, uh, Barnabas saw something in him and he put his reputation on the line for Paul. And then later on, uh, Barnabas is sent from Jerusalem to Antioch uh, because they, the apostles, the leaders of the church in Jerusalem are hearing about what's going on in Antioch and the wonderful things that are happening. And Barnabas was impressed. And then we read in, in Acts 11, Verse 25, it's interesting. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were all called Christians first at Antioch. And I love it that, that Barnabas, uh, he saw God was doing something and he thought, you know what? I think he thought something like this. I don't know what he thought, but I'm assuming it's this. This would be a great place for Paul, a great place for Paul to grow, a great place for Paul to minister. And he went and he looked for him and he found him and he brought him to Antioch. And then he spent so much time with Paul. And I bet behind the scenes, they, they did Bible study together. They talked about the Lord. You know, Paul was being formed before he began his ministry. And, uh, and I, I love that, that Barnabas invested. And um, I want to tell you, uh, I talked about David Pitches who invested in me. And now I want to spend the rest of this also being really honest about someone that I have invested in. Um, when Andy Croft... Uh, was 17. Uh, I met him in a food queue, would you believe, uh, at a Christian festival in the northeast of England called Harvest. He'd never heard of Soul Survivor and he'd never heard of me, which was really upsetting. And uh, I was standing in the food queue and he and his friend came and stood behind me. And we remember the story slightly differently, but we got talking. But basically, um, I felt the Lord say to me, uh, you're to invest in this person. And uh, I wasn't sure, so I was like, well, if this is you, Lord, may, 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 may it work out. To cut a long story short, um, Andy got in touch with me. And uh, it, first of all, it was about his girlfriend. Uh, and uh, he just 
being dumped and how he felt. And then it was about, they'd asked him at his school to, to do an assembly and what should he say? And then he said, um, have you got any ideas for a gap year? I'm thinking of taking a gap year. And I said, well, as it happens, why don't you come and spend it with me? Now, I'd love to say that the master poured himself into the apprentice and uh, I taught him everything I know. And this little little chap, he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know where he was at. Well, he didn't really. But actually, the story isn't like that. And stories like this aren't like that. Because my testimony is I received a lot more than I ever gave. Uh, first of all, I learnt from Andy how to be a constant learner. When he became my intern, he was always asking questions. He was always wanting to learn. He was always wanting to grow. And I remember we read, um, and uh, myself, Andy, and my other intern at the time, uh, uh, David Pam Bakian, um, and then Riley, who joined us, um, um, we read the Bible right through in a year. And uh, we, we, we read it through, and Andy was constantly asking questions and uh, wanting to grow and develop. And do you know, that has never left him, even now. After he does a take heart, he, it, when he preaches at church, he's always asking, what could I have done better? Any feedback. And it's not just words. He means it. He means it. He really wants to have feedback. He still wants to grow and learn. And it's taught me, you know what? I always want to be a learner. It gave me another impulse uh, to, to, and he, he reads widely and he spends time with the Lord and in the word. And it encouraged me to do that, to do that more, to, to spend more time. Uh, you know, I, I would speak so many times that I get really blasé about, oh, I prepare at the last minute. But Andy's attention to, 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 to preparing properly has rubbed off a little bit on me, not loads, um, but a little bit. So now I, I just, you know, I, I take it more seriously uh, than I did. To cut a long story short, we, we, we led, I, we've been leading together now for, I've known him for 17 years. And we've been leading together really for 16 years. Uh, when Andy was my intern at 18, the Lord said to me, and it seemed crazy, um, ask him, um, uh, to speak at the festival in the main meeting. And I was like, but he's never spoken in his life. And the Lord said, I want you to do it. And so I did. And he was like, can I pray about it? I said, of course. And then he came back to me and he said, is it all right if I say no? And I said, it is okay, but out of interest, would you, why, why, why do you want to say no? And he said, because I'm scared of my arrogance. And uh, I think it's better if I serve in a cafe or I'm a steward because I think standing on a stage in front of 8,000 people might be more than my arrogant 18-year-old frame could stand. And I said to him, well, that's why I'm asking you, because you're afraid of that. Well, I persuaded him to do it, and he did. It wasn't the best, but it was good. And the young people loved it because it was someone their age. And do you know, ever since, he's led with me. We joined uh, senior pastors of the church. 
and a friend of ours called Jim McNeish, um, who's a very wise Scotsman. Um, uh, he said to Andy when the three of us were together, uh, he said, Andy, I want to congratulate you on the way that you have, um, you have broken through with this complicated man, Mike, and the way that you've, um, you've stayed, you've stayed there and you've gone through all his complications and, and you've been faithful to him. And now he trusts you and he trusts you. And there's not many that he trusts. And at first I was a little offended. It's like, oi, who are you calling complicated? And then as I thought about it more and more, I thought that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And you know, the last years have been incredibly joyful because we've, we've led together. And he and his wife, Beth, and their kids, they're like my family. I love them. And it's been brought such joy to my life. And in our leading together, um, you know, our gifts are so different. Now, he's not perfect. I mean, of course he's not perfect. How could he be perfect? He's not Greek. Um, but, you know, but Andy's, Andy's strategic way and his his methodical way and um, his teaching gift and the way he puts things together um, balances my um, unstrategicness, if there is such a word, uh, my spontaneity, um, my, my wanting to fly by the seat of my pants, uh, my willing to take risks. And it's not that he isn't willing to take risks and it's not that I'm not willing to prepare, but, but we're at opposite ends of that spectrum. And we rejoice in our differences and we rejoice in the way that it comes together. And I started off ready to, to, to disciple and to input into this person. And in the end, I've received a lot more than I could ever have given out. And that's why I am so passionate about church being a family and not a business. We're meant to be family. If, if, if it was a business, David Pitches wouldn't have taken a chance and asked this, this broken young man, me, to be his youth worker and then poured his life into me. If, if it was a church, if it was a business and, and not a family, Andy and I, it, it wouldn't have made sense for what happened to have happened. Let us choose, let us choose above all to build church on family principles of love and kindness and generosity and mercy and yes, faithfulness and commitment to people. The ultimate success any of us could have is to leave a legacy. I tell my friends who have kids, I've told Andy and Beth so many times and others, that your greatest ministry is to bring up your children. What better, what more wonderful ministry is there than that? And for all of us, however young or old we are, let's make relationships. Let's choose to be committed. Let's choose to love one another as Jesus loved us. And let us build church together as family because the world is desperately longing to see community, not a show, 
not a performance, but a family that, that laughs together and cries together. A family that prefers one another, that honours one another, that encourages and challenges one another, and above all is committed to one another, because that is, I'm convinced, is what will change the world. Yes, we preach the gospel of Christ and him crucified for our sins and risen from the dead, but we live the gospel. We be the kingdom people that he longed for and that he died for. Let's do it together. Be a Barnabas. It will bless you. God bless.